The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about a mixture of astrology and psychology. And this is a fascinating area that I just love this book that I've been reading. It's called Psychstrology. Apply the wisdom of the cosmos to gain balance and improve your relationships. And it's by Stacy Dicker, PhD. And I've had so much fun just talking with Stacy before the show. She also went to law school, which is interesting because we have a lot in common. She went to law school. I have a master's in psychology. And we both love astrology. So this is just a great opportunity. Let me tell you a little bit about Stacy, who's coming to us from beautiful Denver, Colorado. Stacy Dicker, PhD, is a clinical psychologist in private practice in Denver. And she's been seeing psychotherapy clients for over 20 years and taught courses on eating disorders and adult psychotherapy to upper-level psychology majors at the University of Colorado in beautiful Boulder. And she's done that for nearly 10 years. She has been a longtime student of astrology. Uh, many years ago, she wrote the she read the book by Linda Goodman that I also read mm-hmm. called Love Signs. And she read that about 30 years ago when I did. And she has benefited tremendously from using this blending of the wise, ancient, and ultimately credible system of astrology to help herself and her clients develop much more compassion for themselves and for other people as well. And by blending astrology and psychology, this led her to significantly change her attitude toward her own triple earth nature, which was no (laughs) small feat. And we had another person um, who had been a, a wonderful guest who also is a PhD in psychology and blends this. And I told her about Hadley Fitzgerald. So this is something that is, you know, new blending these, but it's incredibly beneficial and really has a lot to offer. And we're going to talk about these things. You can learn more about Stacy at our website at conflicthealing.com, where we have her picture, her bio, a JPEG of her book, but also at her website at Psychstrology, that's spelled P-S-Y-C-H, 
T R S T R O L O G Y, psychstrology.com. You can learn about her book, her program, and her services. So thank you so much for joining us this morning, Stacy. Thank you so much for having me, Mari. It's great. So this is a wonderful book. Tell us um, why it is that you decided to write this book. Well, I had been, like you said, I had started um, getting into astrology long before I got into psychology. And I had been, I started to use astrology with some of my clients after I had been in practice for a while already. But I found out that Carl Jung was also really into astrology and had also used it with his clients for um, the better part of 50 years. And so the, the actual inspiration for the book was that I had a dream that Carl Jung was passing me the baton in a relay race. Oh, how great <laughs> is that? Right, oh. right. And, and because I knew he had been so into astrology, I knew exactly what it meant. And so I decided to, to try and get some, some credibility behind it and, and let people know that it's so beneficial and, and how to go about using it because it's so big. That's part of what I, what I really wanted to do with this book was just kind of whet people's appetite and make it simple enough to learn some stuff that could be resonant and useful. And then from there, you can, you can go explore so much further. Right. So let's, let's tell the audience how psychology and astrology really are similar. So they, first of all, they are both really looking at how, why we are who we are um, and, and looking to kind of describe how we are who we are and, and what that looks like. Um, and it's also, they both get on a fundamental level that there are different parts to us and they kind of rule different parts of our lives and they, they develop at different times. Um, where so there are certain parts of us that come on that start um, kind of coming online sooner, like when we are first born, and then other parts develop a little later as adaptations um, as we start going out into the world more. And both psychology and astrology have see, see us in ways that are fundamentally really similar. Right, right. So how how does this psychoastrology help people understand themselves better? Well, it helps us understand, first of all, how, how we operate, because there are certain things, parts of us are very conscious to us. We are aware of, of how we're put together in certain respects, but there are other parts of us that are a whole lot less conscious and accessible to words. So in astrology, that's that's our moon sign because that's the first part of us to develop. That's, that's there when we're born. But it, it operates at a time when we don't have words and we don't have complex concepts yet. So there are, for one thing, just reading about our moon sign, which most people don't know. Most people just know their sun sign. That's the sign that, you know, I'm a Capricorn, you're a Sagittarius. Most people only know their sun sign. But just alone knowing your moon sign I mean, I'm a psychologist, so of course I think this, because the moon rules all of our deepest parts of ourselves. It rules our emotions. Um, so just learning about how we're wired and, and why we get so triggered by the things we get so triggered by um, can really help us have more compassion for ourselves. And from there, we can learn how to 
balance and temper the parts of us that are that are more challenging and and because it's not a fixed thing you know all, all our chart is just a blueprint of our potential really because all the signs have a range of functioning associated with them so understanding how you're built can help you be the best version of yourself and it can help you be mindful you and i were talking ahead of time be that mm-hmm. you know um because i have so much Scorpio in my chart that I can, mm-hmm. I can get really um, angry. So I have to really be able to manage that and not let my anger rule me, you know? <laughs> and yep, so absolutely. I, by knowing that, that really helps me to, to over the years really manage it and help other people manage it. But I yep. thought it would be yep. fun if you don't mind to, to kind of People know me, you know, I've had this show for many, many years and mm-hmm. we could we could kind of play with it and, and Lloyd being my engineer and we could kind of talk about us. So I'm going to give mm-hmm. you our a little bit of our chart. So mm-hmm. I'm a Sagittarius, which I told you before. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. a Scorpio rising, meaning that's my ascendant sign. And my moon, which you were just talking about, is also in Scorpio. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll get a kick out of this. My father was a triple Pisces. <laughs> oh, wow. I and know. Lloyd Sunshine is Pisces. I know right. it. That's mm-hmm. why I was attracted to him, I think. Mm-hmm. So So my husband, his sun sign is Pisces. His rising is Virgo. And his moon is Virgo. So tell mm-hmm. me about our relationship and what I need to do for our both or what we both need to do to make sure that we have a happy relationship. Well, I, my guess is that there's a lot of ease already because there's a lot of, first of all, there's a lot of water. So you guys clearly connect in, in terms of you kind of water takes in the world in a particular way. It's, it's very feeling based and very intuitive. And so you guys both have a lot of that in your charts with you having your moon and rising in Scorpio and him having his his son in Pisces. I also say that because there's a lot of mutability in in your joint charts. So, So Lloyd, all three of his signs are mutable signs, which mutable signs are really flexible. They can, they can um, kind of find alternative routes for things very easily. And your sun sign, Sagittarius, is also mutable. So my guess is that you guys, well, I'm not saying, I, I think every couple gets into conflicts for sure. Right, but right. I would imagine that you guys have an easier time kind of rerouting and create it. There's a, in, in psychology, in the couples world, there's a term called creative coupling or creative couples. Hmm. And so therapists are always trying to help couples be more creative couples in terms of problem solving and sex and planning and there are all kinds of things that benefit from couples being able to be more creative and I would guess with all that mutability that you guys are probably really pretty good at um, just finding ways around stagnation and stalemates that that would be my guess yeah yeah is that true yeah that's true yeah so what are some things that that um that I should do to uh, make sure that I'm meeting a Pisces with Virgo needs? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, and it's so nice that you're even asking. Well, because <laughs> the next question, nice question is, <laughs> the what next question is, what should he do? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
Um, so, and these are great questions actually, because they're different answers. Um, so as far as you're concerned, you know, being a good wife to him, I think the biggest thing to be aware of is that Scorpio is much more, um, the, when you think of Scorpio to both Pisces and Virgo, which, and I'm saying Scorpio in particular, because you have two signs in Scorpio, even though you're a Sag, I still, and especially the moon sign in relationships and close relationships is so important because it governs the emotions. Right. So I think Pisces and Virgo both, but especially Pisces are really, um, they really want to please and they will go along with most things in order to, to, and they're, they're intuitive about what other people need. So I think with your, you have some serious strengths in your chart. And I think you could, without even meaning to kind of um, make Lloyd feel like he, I don't even know that it would be a conscious experience to him that he has to go along so much as he just knows to go along, but it may not be exactly what he wants as much as he's <laughs> sort of deferring. Does that happen? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not your fault. You know, you've got a strong nature. I think just knowing about it, you know, like you were saying before, is really helpful. How nice that you can see it and own it. You know, so many right. people are like, that's not me. He needs to blah, blah, blah. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I've, I've learned like, to, to ask, like, instead of saying, oh, God, we're going to do this this weekend, <laughs> mm-hmm, I've learned mm-hmm. to say and ask him plenty of time ahead of time, oh, how about if we do this this weekend, you know, and then mm-hmm. talk about it. And hopefully that works. If it doesn't, then I get a little stronger, like, come on, let's do this this weekend. <laughs> That's so funny. I know my husband and I, I, so I'm Capricorn, and my husband, his son sign is Aquarius, and it makes me so anxious to not make plans, to not know. Like, if we have a whole bunch of stuff to do in a weekend, I like to know how, rough, roughly how is this going to get structured? Right, you right, know, are right. we trying to run errands on this day? Are we right. trying to do our own thing for What's this our period plan? of time? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, my husband being an Aquarius, he hates being hemmed in. <laughs> especially on the weekends. So it makes him so anxious when I start up with my questions. So we've had to figure out how to, you know, we have this kind of middle ground way of talking about it, where it's like, there's enough of a plan that I feel okay, but there's enough openness that he feels okay. I mean, this is what you do with your with your partner, you yeah. learn how to how to negotiate that stuff. Right, right. And oh, I love it. Yeah. And as far as what he can do for you, I think his, he is, because he has a natural ability to be flexible and because he's so intuitive, Scorpio is a sign that really benefits from that because Scorpio is complex, it's very sensitive, it's very um, psychic and strong and powerful, and it's, it's really helpful to have someone who is, I mean, it makes sense that that, that was your dad and that you, you thought that same kind of like, there's a tolerance that Pisces brings and a sweetness and a, just a, they bring a natural compassion to, to everything. So I yeah. think he, he, just him being compassionate to your, your intensity, you know, cause it's just part of your nature. He, either that or he ignores it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but sometimes that's so helpful, right? I mean, sometimes that's exactly what, a, what so, like I think of times where I'm so grateful that my husband can, can, you know, in his airy way, he can kind of like 
be up above it in a way that, you know, it probably on some level feels like ignoring it, but it's like, okay, good, because just don't let it touch you. If I'm in a really bad mood right now, that's an adaptive thing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, you can see how when you understand your chart and someone else's chart, um, I would think that when you do couples therapy, it's probably really helpful, is it? Oh, my God. I I have not actually done couples oh. therapy since I've been out. I've been, I'm much more focused on, um, individual. on individual work. Yeah. yeah. And because couples therapy is really, it's, and it's always changing and it's very complex. So I haven't done it in the last few years um, since I've been more out about, because this whole process of coming out about being into astrology, I, it was just that. It was a process. So it wasn't until the last maybe five years, let's say. Um, But I have always, I want to do workshops with couples because I think that is one of the most helpful applications of this is is working with couples. Yeah, I think it is helpful. I mean, you know, blending with with just knowing how, you know, because that's, I've done couples workshops and it's helpful just to know how even the male-female approach is different. Not only, I mean, you have so many layers that you want to know about your spouse, you know, not only because they're the opposite sex and not only because of, you know, astrology and not only because of their parenting skills Mm -hmm. or their childhood or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's just so many layers that we have to look at to be really mindful about ourselves and know, and then also to really ask for what you want. You know, some people, even if you understand their, um, you know, what makes them the way they are by astrology, you still, they need to tell you what they want, you know, Absolutely. not what well, they don't can, want, you know, right. You can also see, I mean, there are times where people, the, the things kind of come together in a way that makes people, people not even look exactly like their signs would predict. Right. Um, and meaning like if, if family of origin stuff is, it goes in a particular way where say someone has a really strong sign, but a really um, difficult childhood where they didn't really have any freedom to, to say what they want or express their true nature, then it makes it that much more complicated, you know, because you're not only trying to discern what someone what someone's nature would say that they want, but you're also trying to determine how that has um, um, been moderated by their their family of origin. Right, right. It's it's all very complicated. Right. It's like my Mm co-author is um, is a Scorpio, and I forgot what his rising and moon is. I don't know if I even knew it, but, but, you know, he's very deep, and he really wants to express. And when he was a kid, he had no voice. Now he's done, like, a TEDx, and he's written Mm -hmm. lots of books, you know, because he never had a voice as a child. He could never say anything, you know, in an alcoholic home. And you know what I mean? So he, he is now, and you know, as he's an older man, he's now able to do all those things that he couldn't do as a child, but you wouldn't recognize it necessarily when he was younger, you know, Mm -hmm. who he is. Totally. That's so sad. Yeah. That's so great that 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 story has such a happy ending. Yes. Yes. So, you know, how can you, uh, you know, this is a good one. You, one of the questions that, that you and I talked about is how can you use your moon sign to, to better understand your relationship with food? That, that's mm-hmm. a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so my specialty was um, eating disorders. And so um, I say was only because I think once you're in practice for a while, you start really 
a lot of specialty. Um, <laughs> but, but I still have a lot of clients with eating issues. And um, so the moon, because it's that first part of us to, to develop, it, it was there when we were first learning to feed and first, you know, eating. And so it, it determines a lot of our habits and our preferences and our, not, not necessarily our food preferences, but our preferences in terms of how we like to run our show. And so, for instance, I have a Taurus moon. And so one of the problems that, that shows up for me with food is that I get really stuck because I, I want to eat the same thing over and over. So once I find a good, you know, a meal that's got all meets all the requirements that it's, you know, fast enough and healthy enough and, and, you know, portable enough to bring to my office easily, then I just want to keep repeating it. And that's really very Taurus moon of me to do. And what's happened from that is that I've ended up with various food sensitivities because Mm. a lot of the time when you eat too much of something, I was eating for like two years in a row. I was eating this, drinking this green smoothie every morning for breakfast that had, vanilla protein powder, almond milk, strawberries, and spinach. Mm. And when I got my results back, those are all the things that I had <laughs> sensitivities to because I was eating them every day for two oh years. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. So that's, that's one example. Um, well, how about you know, me with, with Scorpio? Well, okay. actually, I was just going to say people with water moon signs tend, I mean, water moon signs, um, that's a, those are signs that tend to emotionally eat. Um, that really kind of know that experience the comfort of food right. in very um, deep feeling based. It's very, it's very comforting. Ah. Um, and Scorpio is also really, um, really. We talked about this before. Really routinized and and some would say rigid. I'm trying not to use that word, but yeah. um, so so that's a, a moon sign that actually can tend toward some over restriction. Ah. Um, which can lead to, you know, patterns that don't necessarily look just like that anymore. But, yeah. but, but there can be some kind of fear around loss of control around food, especially when you find it so comforting. Right. And I remember times, and I don't do this that much, but when I've been upset, I'd go to the refrigerator. Yep. Yep. That's very water moon. Yeah. yeah. But, I rem- but I remember if I'd be upset, my mother would say, let's make you a milkshake, you know, which wasn't the best thing that she could do. But, um, you know, that's what it was, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it is comforting. I mean, yeah. there's, it's no joke. It, it really actually, so it may not have been the best thing she could do. It also wasn't the worst. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, because this show is about conflict, so how can you use psychostrology to see a relationship conflict in a, maybe in a different way and, and use that to resolve conflict? Well, one of the things that I really love about using psychostrology for conflict is that it helps you see when your stuff is what's really what's going on. So... If you are, if there's a sign or a person that you're having a really hard time with, I mean, people say this all the time that, you know, we, we, what we don't like in others is the same stuff we don't like in ourselves. But with astrology, you can actually really see that there's truth to this. So when, when you take, when you look at a conflict with that in mind, you can almost always find the places that the stuff that is making you mad in another person is something that you yourself can be working on as well. Mm. You know, it's so, so I heard on the, the um, 
call that I was telling you I listened to with Mark Borg, where he said he's got two rules for working with his patients, and the first one is um, focus on yourself, and the second one is refer back to rule number one. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's in that vein, but it, it gives you a way to actually see it. So you can, there are, if you know the trait, the elements and qualities of the signs, you can actually see where stuff that you yourself struggle with. I mean, you have to understand the, the natures of the signs well enough to be able to see this, but it's almost always the case. Not to mention, we all have all the signs in our own charts. They're all represented for all of us right. somewhere. So it's helpful to be able to conceptualize it that way because it really in my opinion, it makes it easier to focus on yourself. If you can really see it there in black and white, that there is something. I had I um, had a conversation recently with someone who said she hated Aries. Well, I looked up her moon sign. Her moon sign was Aries. And so we were talking about, you know, how the things that that's, you know, and, and especially if it's something in our moon sign, a lot of the time that's not fully conscious and it's part of what Jung called our shadow. So it's not just that we um, are used to thinking of as being part of us. But when you look at a conflict with that in mind, it actually can help you see it, that it is yours, uh, and, and work on healing that. Um, or or it could of, be something you know, that you really judge poorly, you know, that, that you get so judgmental about. Sometimes exactly. like, like I'm really really honest, but if I see something dishonest, I go nuts, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. If I see somebody who's lying to me in a mediation, cause, and I'll know mm-hmm. it, which you talked about mm-hmm. that, I mean, mm-hmm. that I have to really watch myself because mm-hmm. that, you know, but I think that's part of what I judge too strongly, maybe, mm-hmm. you know? That exactly. Might, yeah. Exactly. That, yeah. It might Hopefully. be that. Well, I, I just wanted to ask you, because you, you and I were talking about how um, Antonin Scalia and uh, uh-huh. Ruth Bader Ginsburg were good friends, and yet politically mm-hmm. and uh, philosophically, they were like way different, right? Mm-hmm. Very conservative yeah, versus different. very liberal. Yeah. Uh huh. I'm sure they did not align on any decision. I don't <laughs> think that there was ever anything that they were on the same side of the fence. But they were but such yeah, good then, friends. All right. So how does that? Friends. So how did that happen? <laughs> Um, they, it's so funny. I mean, when I first found that out, it was, I was, my mind was blown. So they both have Pisces, their sun and Pisces and their moon and Scorpio. And to have the same sun and moon as someone else is very rare. It's actually, the probability is one in 12 times one in 12, which equates to less than 1%. It's 0.69%. So the fact that these two had the same sun and moon, they, they, and, and the things that they shared together were actually very, um, easily predicted by their by their science so they were both really into opera for example right um so which is very piscean and watery so um but yeah no they had they had the same the same two signs i mean those kinds of things are all over the place i i was telling you also that i i just um put two and two together that michelle obama and martin luther king jr have the same sun and moon combination and that they both are capricorn sun with pisces moon and it just makes perfect sense to me. I feel like they bring the exact same kind of unifying hopefulness that's grounded in a real awareness of of the darkness of things. Yeah. I think they, right? And so just seeing things like that is just so crazy. And yet it validates <laughs> astrology in some fundamental way. 
Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, we are just about out of time, so I want to make sure that I can say the name of your book again, Sextrology, Apply the Wisdom of the Cosmos to Gain Balance and Improve Your Relationships by Stacy Dicker, PhD. And Stacy, why don't you just give your website and then it's time to go. Okay. So my website is psychstrology.com. And if that's too hard to spell, you can also get there by going to stacydickerphd.com. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you. This has been so much fun. And thanks for the insight for me and Lloyd. Appreciate <laughs> that. And we will keep in touch and have you back again. Okay. Thank you so much, Mari. It was such a pleasure. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You've Bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thank you. Bye. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. you got to fight both night and day. Doesn't matter what some people may say. Fighting for Love is worth fighting for